Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 372. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we all breathe a sigh of relief because I'm finally caught up on And Just Like That. I am your host, Nikki Farsad, and the national crisis is over. I saw Carrie's Last Supper outfit, and, um, and in some ways, that's all that really matters. And I know that that intro will be alienating to some in the audience, but will be welcoming to other people in the audience. And you know what? You're both right. Today... We won't talk about the Sex and the City spinoff, but instead we will talk about snack drawers under your bed when plant-based meats get weird. We'll also do a little light election stuff. We'll discuss the one place in America where socioeconomic classes mix. And finally, we'll weigh in on the internal debate over whether you should let people wear shoes in your home. It's more controversial than you think. Um, before we get into uh, me introducing people, I just want to remind listeners, if you want to support the show, you can go to the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. We just posted an episode about a wife who refused to go to a celebratory dinner for her husband's promotion because she didn't like the menu. So there was a lot to say about this lady. Uh, we also posted one about a parent's role and what saucy things their kids might be wearing out. Uh, lots of feelings on that one. So um, we basically dip into all the thorny issues. The bonuses is where we get wild. So don't forget to go to patreon.com slash You could support the show uh, and get bonus episodes and everyone's happy. Now, I'm so excited by today's panel. Oh, my God, folks, this is an all-star panel, all right? You've been warned. Get ready, because we have with us, joining us for the manyth time, uh, comedian. Um, oh, th by the way, I've, I've seen this man perform live, and he is just, I mean, truly excellent. I have never had a bad time watching him perform live. But on top of that, he is the host of The Daily Podcast called Stand Up with Pete Dominic, so titled because we have with us the excellent Pete Dominic. Hey, Pete. Hey, Gene. It's great to be back on Faith the Nation. Very excited to be here and joining you back on your wonderful show. Oh, thank you so much, Pete. We're always so happy to have you. And I'm also joined by now, folks, again, uh, you've heard her on the show many times. Um, 
they're a Broadway performer, an actor, a co-host of of the podcast Town Hall, a black and queer podcast um, that is so excellent. You should be subscribing immediately. You always enjoy their takes. It is the one and only Peppermint. Hey, Nagin. It's so good to be here with you and Pete. I'm happy that we're finally on together. <laughs> oh my gosh Barry I... this is going to be fun This is going to be the best show that's ever come out I think. <laughs> <laughs> Wow That's a lot of pressure on the three of us Here we go Let's get into it um, With topic number one um, Actually before we get into it Can I just tell you I have this like I'm so I feel like I have this very I have a very weird feeling in my body today Because I just performed For Columbia University's entering like fresh people class. They don't call them fresh people. I feel like they call them first years. But I, I feel like it was a missed opportunity to why don't we call them fresh people? Anyways, that's just a side complaint for me. <laughs> but uh, but it was funny because I had to like just go all out, do a full hour at 9 a.m. And then in front of 18 year olds who are like scared about life, you know, because it's their their like third day in New York City, <laughs> like in college, all of the fe- all of the fears and everything, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I don't have any friends and what's going to happen to me? And oh, gosh. And oh, so- I used to love doing I used to perform at orientation at my alma mater almost every year and yeah. several others because I, I have a whole like like hour for those kids because <laughs> I remember those days so vividly. Oh, and God. I think it's wonderful. I, I would never agree as you have to do it at 9 a.m. That's 9 a.m. That's good grief. That's even before the continental breakfast. I got to tell you, the uh, I, I was know. just walking today from the SAG after picket line, and they were um, NYU okay. have right. Radio City brag. Music Hall for their orientation. Like, you know, NYU class of 2027, welcome. Well, that's where they go? They go to Radio City Music Apparently, Hall? Apparently, darling, wow. they changed the marquee and everything. I thought it was like Lady Gaga performance, uh, yeah. and it was NYU. Wow. <laughs> I went That's to a hilarious. state school, a two-year state school in New York, and ours was at a dentist. <gasps> Lies. How big was the class? <laughs> Very small. Mine was a two-year certificate school. We don't even get a real diploma. And ours was just like in the parking lot. Anyway. <laughs> wow. You really did downgrade me. <laughs> ours was in a really quite beautiful auditorium that seated I don't know three or four thousand people so I don't know I guess uh, I guess I win do I win <laughs> only <laughs> if you're competing? still doing what your degree was for what you were studying <laughs> no, <laughs> then, uh, no sort of I mean I I was a double major in undergrad okay. but then I went to graduate school for like 500 other things then so, the schools know, win the school wins there's a no yeah 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 <laughs> They I just dropped my money. daughter off for her first week of college. She's a freshman or a whatever person at Ithaca College, which is great because she's done far better than me. But now their orientations at all colleges, you guys, are uh, online, apparently. I mean, what? they aren't still. They, no, they are and they aren't. What I learned is, and we can move on, but like a lot of college you can optionally just stay in your dorm room. So if you didn't want to go to the orientation of Radio City at NYU, you probably could have watched it on Zoom is my guess. Oh, my God. Who wouldn't want to go to the orientation at Radio City? Jesus Christ. All right, folks. um, Clearly, we can talk about nothing for a really long time. But instead, (laughs) we are going to jump into the actual first topic of this week, which is that we learned about a trend that's being immortalized on TikTok. And that trend is organized snack compartments for under your bed. Now, despite this being one of the dumbest sentences that I've ever uttered, (laughs) I remember when I said we could talk about nothing. We're just going to continue talking about nothing just to like, you know, amuse, boosh the show. Um, I want to know what you think of under the bed snacks. Well, listen, I'll tell you, I have had many (laughs) snacks in my bed, both figuratively and literally. And they end up under the bed either way. So like, you know, (laughs) it's all good. But I think this really is a very New York City kind of thing. I don't know. I haven't seen the trend myself, but it feels very New York. I'm not mad at organized drawers for anything and like thinking smart about um, storage. If you're in a New York City apartment, especially if it's a if it's a, a studio. Now, if it's a mansion, then we got problems. What are we but doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Why? Yeah. Exactly. No, agree. I was like, this is a studio apartment phenomenon or what makes more sense now that I've just d- done a, a college gig. It's a dorm room 
uh, thing that makes a lot of sense in a dorm room. Yeah, Pete, you should have you... the the organization level in this snack drawer. First of all, it was like twelve thousand calories. No, that's not even enough. It was like a hundred thousand calories worth of the worst ever for you snacks. Like if I ate two of those things, I would just blow up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I for, but but also just the level of like decanting gummy bear bags into a particular jars. It was, I mean, Peppermint is, is wooing, is, is swooning over this concept. But Pete, what do you think? Well, I think if you live in one room or a van, then fine. <laughs> it make, you, of course, you have your food nearby. Where else is it going to be? <laughs> right, but right. if that's not the case, then you're a monster. Now, unlike Peppermint, I have not had snacks in my bed, literally, because you know, I don't want crumbs and so on. And I haven't had them figuratively because I'm married. So it's been <laughs> so, so long. Your spouse and, is not a snack. You better recant that. That's <sighs> not inaccurate. So, but And I, decant that. I won't even put my phone near my bed because I think it's a personal detriment. Really? Like, you have to have good health, good mental hygiene in that bed and physical hygiene. I think the idea of having crumbs and attracting bugs and critters to my bed place where I cannot defend myself because I'm sleeping is the line I will not cross. There's a lot of people who crossed that line during the pandemic. I'm, I have te- well, failed to tell you. I we're not talking about, you. you're right, it's a good point. We're not talking about the <laughs> pandemic. That's a good variable. But if you don't live in one room and it's not a pandemic, <laughs> What are you? What are you doing? Come on. Um, and it's not a Canadian wildfire. Um, <laughs> Could be other. Like, yes. Ex- yeah. There's extenuate. like a, there's like two exceptions. Yes. Um, I also want to say every time I'm sick, I cross that line. I put. I bring. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I'm, I'm not like doing it every morning, but like I have had a candy bar in the bed or something. You know. Right. Or if I'm sick, or if I'm like feeling really sorry for myself. I can't exactly. see it now. The only way I can see peppermint now is with one of those little bed tables over their lap, you know, just that little. No, no, no. Like I, a flower in a glass. Of, I have had plenty of, um, the time when I've had snacks in my bed the most have been when I've been recovering. Well, you said sick, recovering from like, I've had a couple surgeries. They've been, you know, elective. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't get up and walk. And so like those those chips are going to be the yeah, they're going to be next to the bed. Listen, I want to throw at one controversial thing. I <laughs> okay, don't know please. how you identify, what, but, Tell us. but I identify as white and snacks in the bed, eating snacks in the white in the bed seems like a very white thing. Maybe it's an all ethnicity thing, but it seems like we're filthier. I feel interesting. You know what? This I'm is not going to argue with in the you. last segment when we talk about shoes, yeah, but, but okay. Yeah. I only Let say it, this and I'll say, please. I know this is going to sound really even worse, but in college, my roommate was a black guy. I once ate while sitting on his bed and he stabbed me with a plastic fork. So I, it, that's just one person. That's just one black person. Trauma that response. Mean, and he then said, as he did about everything, that's a white thing. He basically said that no matter what I did, though, to be fair. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, folks, let me know what you think about this very weird trend. But watch the video if you can find it on TikTok because it is a, it's an incredible feat of organization for something that I think is. Also, I just want to say last thing about snacks. I'm not going to waste calories on snacks unless they're like high level. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to eat like like. My my idea of like eating something that's bad for you is like this better be the best made thing if it's going to cost me oh, is that some right? carb huh. calories. Mm. That's the idea. Well, I'm, the I idea. just want to ask one thing like I, I'm not hate the snacks be damned. I, what I'm here for is the under bed storage, like regardless right. of what's in the drawer. That's different. It's true. It's true, not true. new. No, but it's, it's it's great. And my under bed is. Um, you know, is like is a slut for items. Is there so many things? My underbed has. I'm all. I'm so. I could talk about that forever. I'm all about minimalism, and I've got all yes. those Tupperware things Push, with the wheel. I got the Tupperware it. things with the wheels under my bed, and oh, also yes. I also well have a, a well small done. child. <laughs> You got to put them somewhere. You got to put them somewhere. (laughs) All right, let's go on to the next weird thing, which is, um, which is the the elections. Uh, Last week we missed everything um, because we taped early. I was away. Um, Thank you so much to Benari for hosting. What an excellent show with Christian Finnegan and Liz Winstead and Benari Poulton. Um, So we missed uh, the debate. We missed the um, what's that other thing that happened? The indictment. 
Uh, this I just want to give the two of you an opportunity to just say whatever you need to say. Um, let's let's start with the debates if you have any thoughts. Well, I'll tell you what, I have not been able to even look at a Republican, much less support one for, well, forever. But I'll tell you, this Vivek Ramaswamy, he really impressed me. I think I'm going to get behind his campaign. In what way? And I think in, in the way that in, in I love- shoving it over? I can't get enough of this cat. He is, Trump made it so that if you had experience in government or politics, you weren't probably going to be a great candidate anymore. It just became like WWF. Now it's like, who's the best performer? Doesn't matter if you've ever done anything. Certainly doesn't matter if you're a good person or honest. It's just like, who's good? So this cat is good. He's slick. No matter what they say, would they read his quotes right back to him? He's like, well, that's not what I said. He is really good. And that's the future of the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah, Peppermint? it's wild. It's definitely wild. I didn't watch the debates. I don't I can't say I much care for him. He is charismatic, which is something that can't be said for a lot of the other um contenders that were on that stage. Uh and so he was probably the star of the I either am going to continue to support Donald Trump and all of his criminalities or I'd like to be his uh vice president uh, contest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the 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 piece uh, the pop culture piece to come out of the um, the two pop culture pieces to come out of the debates that I was most fascinated with was the TikTok um, the TikTokification of Ron DeSantis's expressions. Yes, uh, on there I thought that was great, and yeah. then also uh, the playing of that song Richmond from Rich Men from Richmond uh, during the debate, which has been a in and of itself. Uh, um, topic of debate yep. uh, and a phenomenon, but apparently Oliver Anthony, the singer-songwriter, came out and said that he's not conservative, not Republican, and that that song was actually written about those folks. I think the jury is still out because some of the lyrics in the song, he actually attacks like fat people and their fudge rounds that they're maybe not storing under their beds. But I, <laughs> you know, I I thought that was probably the most. Well, his complaint about taxes debate. was a red flag to me. We're taxed on everything. Yeah. Like, stop it. The problem is that we're not taxed enough. Well, many, you know, the rich aren't taxed. Like you, you out yourself when you start complaining about taxes. If you want to complain about taxes, sure, but talk about taxing billionaires who in, in yeah. companies that are getting away with it. Don't like act like, you know, the rest of us. It's it's a preposterous. I didn't like that, but those are good. I love peppermints. Both both those takeaways. The Ron DeSantis facial expressions. He's not human. So it was. It's it's what the facial expressions are wild because you can really see an attempt at like holding a smile and like yes. feeling a smile. It was so, yeah. it's, I was just like, oh my God, I've never had to think about feeling this smile. Like I think okay. I, you know what I mean? Deep cut here for the, um for the Trekkies in that, in the audience. But mm. like, it reminds me of when Data, who was an android and wasn't human, was try attempting to ha f um, express human emotion yes. and feeling, yeah. which he couldn't do. And so yeah. it's like this awkward, like, you well, know, staying, kind of yeah, staying on the trend. C-3PO is more human than Ron DeSantis. <laughs> no doubt. Now, okay, so let's move on quickly. And, and just if you have any remarks on the indictments, I it's funny because I kept thinking um, as I was walking to the studio this week, oh, like I wasn't really around for the indictments. I was away. So like what? But I was away like in Chicago. I was still in America working on another like news quiz show. So it's like I was deeply here for the indictments. But oddly, I just don't know that it hit in the way. Did it hit? Did it? What did it do for either of you? I, I, I feel oh, yeah. like oddly um, alienated from the cultural conversation around the indictments. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, sorry, Peppermint. I'll just jump in. I, I think no, it was take it, baby. really important, very consequential. I think these 19 defendants being brought to justice for trying to steal the election from Georgia voters where, you know, black folks, especially black women, saved that state twice. And now you get a black prosecutor. And I don't miss the symbolism there. And neither do a lot of the angry white folks who are saying, you know, going after her, including the House Republicans. But he you know, the difference between this, you could say we've got indictment, you know, fever, too much of it. You start to turn away. No, because you saw the mug shot, which, of course, helped him raise more shot, money right. uh, and, and because, you know, 
he looks like he's such a victim all the time, but it's really important. And I think you're going to see a lot of justice, not only with Trump. I'm very excited to see Rudy Giuliani go to jail. So this is a good thing. It's something to celebrate. It's something we've been waiting for. Donald Trump's mugshot goes down in history with the worst of the worst. Well, I have a, a mugshot question for you. I don't know, Peppermint, if you know the answer. I thought mugshots were always in black and white. Like, is am I nuts? Like, I don't know. Maybe since digital cameras, they're different. I guess. I mean, I, there was something about the mugshot that almost felt like too, like too high quality or something. Like I just thought that yeah, the they're, mugshot they're, was going to be like grosser. Well, he's one of the few. He's one of the few uh, who had hair and makeup just before. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I just. I was also just a little bit like, is there a fucking ring light in that mugshot? Like, what are we doing here? Like, I yeah. was like disappointed that the mugshot didn't look more like a driver's license photo or something. You know what I mean? Well, whoever took that picture, whoever was behind that camera, if there's a camera, I don't know how. Whoever hit the click on the mouse that took that picture also gets to go down in the history. I can't wait to buy that person's book. I don't understand how they're regarding the mugshots specifically. I can't understand how they were allowing some of these characters to take these mugshots in the poses that they were. Donald Trump's head was yes. like basically bowed to the floor. Yeah. And then this um, Trevian Kuti woman, I don't know if you saw her yes. mugshot. She yes. has the most devious looking, yeah. like gremlin looking smile. She I don't understand it. if yes. they were telling her a joke or like if she was like, this is like the kind of, this is the picture that, that you see before you get like possessed by the devil in all those <laughs> scary movies. And I just didn't understand I thought like you're supposed to have a little bit of decorum, you know, like you can't wear hats in the courtroom and you have to stand up and look into the camera and you when you're getting smile. a mugshot. You, no, like, you can't, can't smile. smile. Yeah. Well, like yeah, what's happening? Think, people think a lot about those those mugshots before they take them, whatever, whatever they want to project. Right. I think we probably all would if we were sober mm -hmm. when I took mine. Did I just is my mic on? But here's <laughs> hey, the thing. Rudy on. Giuliani. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised more people aren't talking about during Rudy Giuliani's mugshot. He turned into a bat. <laughs> Which I thought would be more headlines. Because vampires was there, get Was there some pass. mascara dripping from his face? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> his hair dye. <laughs> Uh, okay, I do but, think that oh, yeah. the 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 just the the release of the mugshots because you know Trump's been indicted several times and we haven't had one. The release of the mugshots did feel like an accomplishment and something almost sort of tangible that we could like. Okay, here's a sign that something is happening within the criminal right. justice system, um, and the fact that it was their entire team and that the prosecutor said, "I'm ready to do this on the in like next week." Basically, uh, it did feel like this was a, a, a stride in the direction of justice. We don't know what's going to happen, obviously, though. Um, folks, let me know. What do you think? Uh, did did this mugshot, did the mugshots work for you? Did the indictment week three or four, however many, work for you? Um, hit me up on all the social medias. And you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to take a quick break so we can learn about our sponsors, and then we're going to come back. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Prose. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey 
trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare, I tried the skincare just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, The other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, And this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness for like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives, which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation um, will be taken off. That's pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, Again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So pros.com slash fake the nation. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. We read a piece on the Washington Post about a new working paper from Maxim Mastenkoff and Nathan Wilmers that makes the case the chain restaurants promote much more socioeconomic integration than do independently owned commercial businesses or, uh, for that for for that matter, traditional public institutions. Now, um, the the paper finds that those at the very bottom and those at the very top of the income distribution um, are much more socioeconomically isolated than those in the broad middle, so the lowest and the highest. And up kind of like self-segregating in their own places. Now, before we kind of get into the, uh, you know, chain restaurants that that the broad middle does rub elbows in, what, where, where do you feel in your personal lives that you do this kind of socioeconomic mixing? Did this paper, did this article make you wonder about your own level of socioeconomic in- mixing, whether in commercial spaces or in public spaces, um, in your own lives. I, I don't Go. get invited <laughs> to places. <laughs> That's true. You ain't Pete, I've any never snacks. invited you anywhere. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I that it's a really thoughtful question. I think everybody might struggle with when they when they think about it. Your social life. It depends on your age and your your family mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. So I'm 47, married, live in the suburbs. One daughter just went to college. One daughter's in high school. 
But a lot of the time you hang out with and meet like your kids' friends out here in the wasteland. And Mm -hmm. I came to realize that I don't like the whites uh, because as things change, like in a a predominantly like a lot of white spaces, you know, you you were kind of trying to figure out which side people were on. So I started gravitating in those kind of social settings. Like I just would avoid people because I just didn't want to run into another Trumper. I didn't want to spend any time talking to them. So for me, like it was this is an interesting issue because I've always kind of gravitated towards people who weren't me, didn't look like a gargoyle. Mm. (laughs) crouched on the corner of a building, Skeletor, white, male, whatever, heterosexual. Like I'm more interested in people who are different and I've tried to lead my family in that direction. But, you know, it doesn't always work. People self-segregate, whether it's in school, whether it's in suburbs, Mm -hmm. even where there's diversity, we still all self-segregate. Black folks hang out with black folks, Indian folks hang out with the Indian folks, Asians and so on and so forth. And obviously the whites. So, I mean, I wish that weren't the case. Church used to bring people together. There's different ways, but it's tough to make that happen unless you go to some of these chain restaurants that we're going to talk about, I guess. Um, Peppermint, what do you think? People, I, th- I think in my life, it's probably, I mean, and definitely in the streets of New York, you you encounter like lots of people. I think the sidewalk is is one place where you're going to see, you know, I don't think that we've achieved like the private like penthouse entrance from, from the airplane yet. And so like everybody has to be on the sidewalk. And a lot more people of different socioeconomic uh, standing ride the subway. I think that you can you can mm. see all types of people at different you know times of the day, um, especially during like the the morning hours, like rush hour hours. Uh, and so you know, I think those are places where I think that those folks mix. I am shocked actually to hear that Chili's is the place where you know you could have a billionaire and a and a you know um, someone who's not. Uh, well, somebody's never had I, their nachos. Yeah. <laughs> Once you taste um, them. But... <laughs> I've never so, had their nachos. Wait, is that is that a pitch for their nachos? Are they good? I yeah, mean, are they? Everything at Chili's is pretty good. I mean, are but they, aren't they known for the bloomin' onion? No, that is. Isn't that or the that baby Applebee's. back ribs? Outback Steakhouse, oh, I want my baby Come back, on. baby back, baby back. What is wrong with my... you? Chili's nope. has the baby back. Chili's baby back, baby ribs. back ribs. I want my baby yeah. back It's baby back Chili's in. where people mix of different <laughs> ethnicities and socioeconomics, <laughs> oh, but not so much That's... women. <laughs> That was their 2020 ad, which only ran for like a month. I love the idea that Chili's and Applebee's are going to use this sociology paper from like MIT professors as part of their marketing campaign. Yeah, Applebee's doesn't need anything to make it seem. I love diversity and inclusion, but Applebee's does not need another thing to make that restaurant look and appear more cluttered than it already is. <laughs> I love the idea that the super wealthy would ever go into a Chili's. Like, let's get down to Chili's. I want to sit at the bar and have their boneless wing, sweetheart. Like, you could buy a Chili's and bring it to your house. Like, that guy's yeah, coming. Yeah, the franchise but- owner. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, literally though, they found this is the this is the where they found because they they in the study they found that people who go to like the same stores, like CVS for example. Um, it's true that a rich person will go to a CVS and a poor person will go to a CVS for the same reasons, but they go to the one that's in their na- closest, closest to their to neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Well, so we the CVS ended up being self-segregated, right? Or the Rite Aids or the whatevers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but the but the one place that that doesn't where a rich person still wants can appreciate the value for um, for money that you get at an Applebee's and at a Chili's and an Outback or whatever, um, you know, that's, it's so weird. It's so interesting to me that that's the one place that even a rich, like your Logan Roy's will just be like, (laughs) (laughs) I want a blooming onion, you know? And that's, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, first of all, do either of you actually ever frequent? I think it's, it's hard when you live in New York City. Do either of you ever frequent these places? I yes. I've I think they used to have something in Times Square or whatever. I've been to an Olive Garden. I've been to Olive Garden. I think to an of Olive the chilies and the and the everything we said. I don't remember the name of the restaurants. I've been to a an Olive Garden 
the most of all of those places. I, yeah. Um. But yeah, not really. I eat at like individual like restaurants that aren't necessarily a chain. Right. Like, independently. Um. I mean, so you, gotta you get, live in like, like go down to Times Square for that. I right. live in a place like if you live in New York or, or a city, you know, you're, you're going to go out and you're going to go out to eat. That's kind of low. You ain't going to Chili's. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but it's, if you it's live kind in of the crazy bur- to do that. The, 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 the same could be said of, you know, suburbs. But if you're going to get something like that, where most of America, you know, might drop my daughters off at dance or wherever they're going to be there for an hour. And I would go to Chili's or Applebee's or TGF, one of those types of places. I would sit at the bar. I would get like a beer and I would eat things like that would be my thing. And, and was, I would... was it like Bill Gates next to you? Like, how was that? I sat next to Jeffrey Epstein at right. an Applebee's. <laughs> at, who? at Chili's? Or the, no. not probably the dance recital. No, okay, I was actually at Epstein's house, I should have said. But he has he had an Applebee's on his island Ooh. where I was visiting, apparently. <laughs> well, so here's the interesting thing, because we want for the institutions, the places where people kind of do this gathering, we want there to be some sort of like platonic ideal to where those places are. And to my mind, they would be libraries, right? And they would be public parks. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they would be places like that. Or or, or even what kind like, of weird, What kind of weird Legoland utopia does Nagin live in? <laughs> libraries and parks. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, in, libraries are a dying thing, right? They're just, they're, they're shutting libraries left and right in our country, if you've heard. Well, they've got a lot of books that are teaching our kids uh, to be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Their whiteness. They're, and also, <laughs> there's a lot of books with sex in them. And so that's that's why we got to shut them all down. Shut them all down. Um, but the interesting thing is like, okay, so so the interesting thing, is, the, the weird thing is like, one of the things the article pointed out is having more local libraries is good for promoting access. Even if closing and, and consolidating a few could theoretically promote more class mixing. So so there's mm-hmm. that weird conundrum of like, well, if we had fewer libraries that you had to kind of like go to another part of town to go to the library, maybe then you would rub elbows with someone from a different socioeconomic Yeah, but nobody's class. incentivized to get up and go to the library, much less the Chili's. Right, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And uh, so I, I, I think... There, there's a cheerful way of looking at this, which is there is actually one place where people can mix, and at least it's at chain restaurants. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the other thing is, like, are you even talking to people? Is is a no, is an Applebee the waitress? <laughs> right, you kind of only interact with the wait staff, yeah. and then you. I, I, this sort of makes me understand, you know, like the who is that Friedman who does the column for the Times and always starts his columns with like a an interaction he had with a cab driver. Is that right? There's like a joke about- yeah. about Well, I don't want to talk to anybody when I'm at the bar there. I, I don't understand that that people are mixing there, that they're having conversations. Right. Unless you're at the so bar, who's would, talking exactly. to somebody in the other booth? Like, like it's not community to go to an Applebee's unless you're hanging out at a, at a bar where you, you know, kind of mix with other people. But the question of, you know, us- Going out and where we mix with people that are in, in different socioeconomics, ethnicities, religions, backgrounds. That's the question of America. Point is, we're all here, but we're definitely not going to the same spaces most of the time. I would argue it's like sports stadiums, if anything. Um, uh, There's a couple of suggestions I have, and I wonder if you guys have any to add, of ways to mix with, with unexpected folks. Mm, okay. One of them is... Now, this is, I'm not even sure if this will do the trick because I'm not, sh- but okay. But I think that this is an international thing. So you might mix with a lot of international immigrant types and mm. whatever is to go to soccer games at bars. So there's certain bars in yes. every city where they show soccer games. Like, and I know there's- Every um, Mexican bar, for sure. Uh, uh, so the, exactly. So then you would you would mix with like a, just a different set of people, I think, if you're mm-hmm. like, let's say, an Iranian-American Muslim woman who lives in these village, and you go to um, a place that shows soccer, you're gonna mix with a different group. Yeah, but that's um, just a, that's a weird sample of it's people. It's a weird sample. Because they're soccer fans, and they're, right. those are bad people. I am I am one. <laughs> they're, but they're international. There's something, there's like a broad range It's very of international, them. that's yeah. true. It's very international, like very, like lots of immigrants, first generation, you know, so you're going to meet some of those people. If you're not one of those things, that might be interesting for you. More so than you would. I mean, I feel like that's true for anywhere in the world. If you go to a sock of like a bar that's showing a soccer game, I feel like it's going to be 
more internationally mixed, like with the, at least with the teams that are represented yeah. by the, those countries, than they would if you were to say go to a, any an, an average football game. It's going to yes. be less mixed for sure. That's why I only go to hockey game night. <laughs> oh, even that's <laughs> super diverse. Cornhole on ESPN. Um, and then okay, so that's that's one idea. The other thing is, um, I think like having a dog is a, oh, a big yeah. conversation yeah. starter yeah. at it you know wherever you are intersection i mean i cuz i've taken my dog um to different places in america and it and he's a conversation starter and it's you know or someone else's dog will be a conversation starter so i feel like everyone should i guess get a dog so we can all talk well i feel like i like it's i like to, i like i think the most conversations i've started is when i bring my cat to dog spaces. <laughs> People are like, what are you Take doing? Your cat I'm like, out of here. listen, don't judge me. This is my therapy cat. <sighs> do you do either of you have any suggestions of how people could change the socioeconomic mix? I would like to change. I, I I don't have any suggestions necessarily, but I do want to point out, like, I I agree with you about the dog park moment, but. Then I'm thinking the rich folks just have like dog walkers. Well, so then we're here yeah. we go back down again. But at least you're meeting I them. I, I think my answer is <laughs> is what I've always believed, which is to tax, crush the rich with taxes so that those taxes go back into communities and create community spaces where we can mix the places that you describe your utopias, you know, anything from fitness areas to parks, uh. to beaches, to that. That's what you, 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 all those wealthy people own way too much space and stuff. And they push the rest of the world out, tax them, build community spaces, Cut crime, create opportunity. That's how you do it. I figured it out. Okay. The one place that, not the one place, but one place that gets people more mixed and mingled, even more than a Chili's or an Applebee's or a dog park, <laughs> uh -huh. is definitely a gay bar. Because oh, you're going to get yeah. rich gay men. And I mean, it's not, it's gender wise, it's not very um, right. diverse. But like, you're going to get rich folks and poor folks in there, especially if there's go-go dancers or like sex workers in there, you know, who are like doing a little right. something on the side, then like that's going to be like I've seen rich guys. We know we know rich guys will go anywhere for sex. And so it happens <laughs> in the gay bar. Also, a disproportionate amount of evangelicals you wouldn't expect. Hello. Yes. The Republican convention oh, right outside there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, can I can I say to you like I've also like I've been to a uh, I've I've wing womaned um, a, a few gay gentlemen in my life and I feel like I I've also ha been able to like just strike up conversation very easily at gay bars. I don't know what oh, yeah. it is about a gay bar, but it's just like you just chat with whatever whoever's in your you know line of sight. And everybody's and in there. Yeah, it's just like very. Yeah, I don't like. Something... I don't think. I think you kind of. I don't. This is a whole different conversation. I'd love to actually have in a more serious way, but I think like. I'm very, I used to go to gay bars when I lived in New York and certainly when I did comedy in many of them. And my wife and daughters like to go like drag queen nights and stuff and they always have a good time. But I feel like when I go to a gay bar, I might be misleading somebody. And I'm like, I'm probably not gonna hook up with you and yet here I am. So I'd love your advice on that because I love gay people and I'm, you know, a couple beers away from a gay experience sexually. But I, uh, I, I would feel like I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm probably not, not uh, I'm not here for that. What do you think? I mean, as long as you're not like presenting that you're threatened by it and then it doesn't matter. Well, never you know, that. Like, I just don't want to. The, the gays that are in there love to hear that I straight don't... guys are in there. Honestly, oh, I don't yeah. want. I'm being serious. This isn't a joke. I don't want to make anybody feel the way most women have always made me feel let down and disappointed by not being interested. <laughs> I just think, well, it's, it's, I feel, uh, I feel, I imagine that you would be just as welcomed as I am. Like, I'm also sexually irrelevant to gay men. Um, but like, I feel like, you know, cause it's not, a, it's not always about just like the booty. It is about the fun. You know what I mean? I will say this. Yeah. The, the, to wrap it up, the least gay place, Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't Very think true. that the gays are flocking to Chili's. <laughs> agreed agreed all right folks let me know do you go to chain restaurants 
to rub elbows with the other classes. I'm so curious to know. Um, and read this piece. It was in the Washington Post about the um, about chain restaurants and how they are the great mixer. The, I, this is a working paper. I'm very excited to see the final product when it comes out um, in my, my nerdy way. All right. Let us move on to topic number three. So we spend 90% of our time indoors. And the question becomes, should you allow shoes in the house? This can be a sensitive question. And I think some people have a very strict position on it. I want you both to know that this is a safe space. You're allowed to have whatever position. Um, So where are both of you at on the question of whether you can wear shoes in the house? Oh, I mean, I don't, again, go to people's homes and they don't come to mind. So <laughs> I'll let Peppermint okay. take this. But you and still I'll... wear shoes in the world. No, I think my, simply for me, I mean, if you're not providing me with the shoe that I prefer that supports my foot, I don't like walking around barefoot or just in socks in my own home because my feet hurt a little bit. All I need is a little arch. And so I like to wear a slipper almost all the time or even a flip-flop okay. that That's feeds that shoe. arch. Now you're going to tell me shoe. if I'm going to, come to your house, I'm going to have to take that off? Well, then you better provide some arch support. There, there are, there, I don't know about arch support, but there are, I have friends who provide like booties or house slippers or something like ones that they are like disposable or washable ones that they that they keep, um, especially if they don't have carpets. And uh, in New York, is. but the thing is, in New York, like we're not usually going to each other's houses like that that much. I feel like especially if people live in different um, boroughs, it's like we're going to meet somewhere in the middle, and so we're not taking off our shoes. However, when you do, when I have had the opportunity to go to somebody's house, it's be and like venture all the way. It's because it's like they just moved in or they got in a new place or something. They just had a baby, and so then you go over and like it feels like a special occasion. And so like you're, I take off my shoes. I just take off my shoes when I go to somebody else's house. I offer to do it. And if they're like, you don't have to, then fine. Also, but like, I, I, I want to. I'd rather clean my floor than see your feet. I will tell you that nine times out of 10, you don't have <laughs> oh, the feet wow. on. I mean, sometimes a person, yeah. sometimes a person so, has a nice. Okay. So I was just um, hanging out. You're with not talking Mo- about my feet. I'm not talking about, I mean, maybe, maybe I, if you're, if you're, yeah, if your toes are climbing on top of each other, all I'm saying is I'm not judging you, but sock that shit up. <laughs> My toes are not climbing on top of the other. They are in they are in formation and painted. Okay. Ready to attack. Um, now, as we all know, Peppermint has impeccable toes. And um I so my personal feeling is we don't like have an actual like strict rule in my house. I think the rule that we do have is that like we clean the floors a fair amount. We have a dog. So in my position is if you have a dog, it's kind of like hard to not track stuff in anyways yeah. i'm not washing his feet every oh. time he comes in and out you know what i mean so with it when you have a, when you introduce a dog into the setup you're sort of like uh, accepting a lot of bacteria now yeah. i was hanging out with mo rocca uh, who is a fellow weight weight oh. panelist and he's also um has uh, does segments on the cbs sunday morning show and he did a segment on this, which is why the idea came to me, because we were in an airport talking about this. Um, and he was telling me that for the segment, he brought on a keep your shoes on. The, the keep your shoes off side was the easiest to find because that's the the popular opinion is that it's gross to have your shoes on in the house. Sometimes you offend people's ethnic sensibilities. Like yes. in a lot of the, you can speak to this probably more than I can, but like- in a lot of the Arab world, like that, if you come you in t- here you with take your shoes, them off. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 unsanitary. It's unholy. It's all of that stuff. But but Mo was saying that when he was making this piece, he had a hard time finding people that will go on the record. Maybe there's <laughs> people that will secretly on? be like, "Now we keep our shoes on. It doesn't matter." But, but to go on the record, he uh. like you know it was it was a bit of a tough time, and he found Amy Dickinson, who's also another a fellow Wait Wait panelist, and she's also advice columnist or whatever, and she's this wonderful woman, and she lives in the country and um in the Finger Lakes region, upstate New York, and she she's got d- dogs, and she you know and she's just like we're sort of in and out of the dirt, and you know yeah. we're not. It's just too late. It's yeah. like the, we live in the dirt. So what is the point of taking our shoes off? You oh, know what I mean? Uh, we're, we're, we're in the dirt anyway, so let's not take off our shoes. No. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that most of the people are, are like skewing towards taking off their shoes. Yeah. I just appreciate it. But of course, I, I grew up 
you know, I know that in the article they said there was a little bit of science behind it. Um, and I, I grew up like have you had to take off your shoes in the house. Like that was just like it was. So I'm yeah. obviously biased. I feel like people who but clean I it. people who clean floors in their space in their living space have the strongest opinion on that. If you're not the one doing the cleaning, you're less mm, you're less concerned sure. about the floors. I feel like that's why my wife screams sure. at me. She tends, I do a lot of the floor cleaning, but she tends to do more of it. And I tend to be in the garden a lot. I bring that in there. I know the tone of her voice when I've tracked in some dirt or, or some some grass or something, I'm in trouble. But that's because she's got to usually clean up after me. I don't I don't care as much about it. But I think if you sh- you should have your indoor shoes and your outdoor shoes. Yeah, and I think shoes off people are basically that. They have their indoor shoes. Now, I think the thing that I would honestly, my personal feeling when people come over, I I definitely let people keep their shoes on because for me, in a social situation, you know, one of the things that Amy Dickinson said, she says, you know, she said, I feel like you're valuing your floors instead of my comfort to keep my shoes on, basically. Yeah, yeah. And... My thing is like, I don't, it's not like I'm having parties every day. I will like just clean the floors after everybody leaves. It's like not that big of a deal. So that's kind of my thing with shoes. Cause I also, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to ruin people's outfits. You know, <laughs> like wow. if you have a look, you have a look. Let us, yeah. I want to be able to, I want for you to be able to retain that look. Yeah. Indoor Crocs, outdoor Crocs. Enough said. <laughs> Okay, folks, let me know. Where are you on this issue? Um, I'm so curious to know. And again, I don't judge you either way because I sort of skate the line myself. (laughs) I live on sort of both sides of it. Um, Folks, that is the end of the show. I want to thank you both so much for being here. This was so much fun. And I want the people of Fake Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do. Peppermint, where do they do that? They can hit me at Peppermint247 on all socials. Peppermint247 on all socials. And then uh, remind them the name of your podcast. It's called Town Hall, a Black Queer Podcast, which I co-host with Bob the Drag Queen. And of course, it's available everywhere that they get their podcasts. Oh, my God. Subscribe, subscribe. And Pete Dominic, where do they find you? My podcast, by the way, is almost the exact same premise as Peppermint's. <laughs> <laughs> I host a daily podcast called Stand Up with Pete Dominic. I put it out almost every day, even including on weekends. I talk to the smartest people I can find about whatever they know a lot more about than I do. Um, it's a wonderful podcast. I've had the the honor of being on it, and it is just such, such a great listen. So definitely subscribe to Stand Up with Pete Dominic. And folks, you know where to find me and all the things that I do. I just want to let you know I found out a couple of dates. I'm going to be in San Diego um, on September 27th and in San Francisco on September 29th doing the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me stand-up tour. So again, San Diego on the 27th of September and San Francisco on the 29th. Um, Look those up. Uh, They're not on my personal website yet. So don't look them up on my website, but look them up wherever you find out about Wait, Wait information. Um, And I want to thank everyone who makes the show possibility. That's our tremendous producer, Andrew McGuire, who kept the ship afloat while I was away. Um, thank you, everyone at HeadGum for making the show a possibility. Thank you uh, to Gabby Alter, who wrote our theme music. You can reach us at FakeTheNationPodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's FakeTheNationPodcast at gmail.com with any um, ideas you might have, any um, electoral races to watch. Um, we'll be taking those in the coming months, and we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.